My Mac Podcast number 249. It's the return of Lee Gibbons and Bill Palmer. Plus David Cohen, Guy Searle, and me, Tim Robertson. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. I'm Tim Robertson, and it's another week, and it's another opportunity to talk about our favorite pastime, Macintosh, uh, iPhones, uh, volleyball. Well, not volleyball so much. Nude volleyball. Nude volleyball, but that's only David Cohen. So, hello, David <laughs> Cohen. Hello. And we've got uh, Guy Searle from Virginia. Greetings. And someone that we haven't had on the show in a very long time, Lee Givens. Hello, Lee. Hey, everybody. You uh, kind of were kind of a co-host here for uh, a number of months, and then you kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, that whole work thing and, you know, uh, trying to do uh, a money. good job at work. It's yeah, all about money, isn't it? Yeah, that old excuse. It keeps coming down to money, I tell you. And, uh, of course, Bill Palmer, who's occasionally on the show. Hello, Bill. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought I was Guy Searle. Did I get that wrong? <laughs> Bill Palmer <laughs> from uh, iProg Magazine. And, man, Bill, I'm still not happy with you that you got to have Santana on the cover of your magazine, man. Santana. Yeah, yeah I don't know. You know, Carlos hugged me, so just oh. rub it in. Okay, now I'm just going to hang up on you, dude. Cause <laughs> he, has, he hasn't showered yeah. since. So, <laughs> okay, so how big is your Michael Jackson coverage going to be on the next episode or in the next uh, magazine? Anything? You know, um I don't know. I, I I tried to write something for the last one, and I, I really couldn't. I knew what I wanted to say, but I couldn't put it into words, and so I kind of took a pass, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. So, yeah, You know, you got to you at least got to give him props for what he's done in the music business, if not what he did, you know, personally. And, you know, we I don't really want to get into all that because I'm a father, and, you know, I, I can get very personal, and I'm not going to. But his music is tearing up the iTunes charts for this month. He's not just dominating. I mean, he's doing something historical. If you, if you see a band that maybe has two albums in the top ten, that's huge. He, at one point, he had nine out of the top ten albums. That'll probably never happen again in, you know, in the next generation, no matter who dies. Mm, I'd say there's a couple people up there that could come close to that. Maybe Bruce Springsteen, uh, Dylan. You know um, what I think is is different. Like I said, you don't want to kind of get into the whole personal thing but i think a lot of people had shied away from buying his music the last time they bought his music it was still on cassette and vinyl and stuff which you can't really get into itunes it's something about him dying and stopping being a person with those flaws or whatever and becoming just you know once he's gone now it's just a legend now it's like everybody it was like a, a rush of people whereas i think you know people are are buying springsteen albums in droves through itunes but I think just that explosion of someone who'd been written off and then he died, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. It could be because my 13-year-old daughter, um, I'm sorry, my 14-year-old daughter came up to me and said, I, I kind of know who Michael Jackson is. He's the guy who used to be black, but he's white now. And I said, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think technically he's still black, but yeah, he's, I don't know what he is anymore. And she goes, do I know any of his music? So I literally had to go to iTunes and uh-huh. do a search, and I had like, I don't know. 12 of his songs, which kind of surprised me. I didn't realize I had that much Michael Jackson. Um, but, you know, I kind of had to educate her a little bit on who he was. And the way to do that was in iTunes. I just simply put some of his music on her iPod and she listened to it. She didn't really like it. It's not her style. Right. Um, although she did say she kind of liked Billie Jean, so go figure. But anyways, let's get back to the technology. And Lee Givens, you're uh, still at AOL. 
Yes. So what's going on at AOL on the Mac side and the iPhone side? Because I saw that I knew I had the the free AIM client for iPhone, but I see you got one that you actually have to buy now. Yeah, we had a uh, you know one thing we never do at AOL is uh, you know we never give in, uh, customers an option to pick. Do they want advertising or, or would they actually buy an, an app and uh, opt themselves out of advertising? So we tried it as an experiment, and it was one of the, um, uh, the, the big surprises we had in 2009. We found that uh, AIM, uh, the, the paid version that we sell for $299, uh, has done pretty well. I think it's, um, uh, you know, sometimes during the year we're, we're the number one uh, paid uh, social networking app. So... Uh, it's been a pretty good experiment. Um, we want to be able to give users what you know uh, uh, an option, so they can pick and choose what what they'd like to do. Has AOL ever actually sold software before? Uh, yeah, we've sold software in the past. We used to call it premium services and things like that. But uh, with the iTunes App Store, it makes it so easy for us to you know to version our software, so we can offer a, a ad free version and offer a, a ad supported version. Um, uh, if it wasn't for the uh, App Store, I don't think we could have uh, done this any other way. Hey, Bill. Now, obviously, you cover the the iPhone market extensively in iProng. Yeah. Do you prefer a paid app, or is the you know the free with some ads in there? Does that bother you? Uh, me personally, I just I can't deal with ads on a three inch screen. Um, even in, in an iChat app where you don't necessarily need as much of the screen as you might need in in a web browser, still it just it just kind of throws me off. So. But you know, I think I think the great thing about the AIM app is it's got a great price. It's a lot cheaper than some of the other uh, you know third-party uh, AIM clients that are available for iPhone. Yeah, I you know I two ninety nine is nothing. I mean, but you know I say that, but then I check my PayPal balance because I pay via PayPal and iTunes, and mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people knew that if you're new to iTunes and buying apps and stuff, you can actually set iTunes up with your PayPal account. Which is a lot better than paying interest on a credit card account. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll check my balance and then I'll check it a week later and I'm like, where the heck did all my money go? Oh, yeah, I bought about six apps and, you know, 99 cent here, 299 there, 999 for this game. And all of a sudden, I've spent $25 and I didn't even blink at that, David. No, well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you kind of, it, it builds up on the sly. Uh, and um, I find what happens is I'll buy a space of apps in one go, and then I'll get that big invoice from iTunes, and it's like, oh, <laughs> kind of really added up. <laughs> yeah, it, it adds up pretty quickly. So is there any other paid apps that you guys are looking at, Lee? Yeah, we're, we're looking to differentiate on uh, a couple of different apps, but right now uh, AIM is the app that a lot of people asked for. Uh, they wanted all these new features, and we want to be able to... Uh, you know, pay for some of the background infrastructure uh, that we dedicate to the uh, AIM platform. So um, we're looking at a lot of different apps. Uh, we have probably, I think we have at the last count, we have 12 in the App Store now. Wow. Um, we're planning on a few more apps. You'll, you, we actually had to go back with the iPhone 3.0. We had to go back and rev, uh, we had to rev all our apps to make sure that they were all compatible with the new OS. But yeah, we have, uh, we have, uh, ch- I mean, our development schedule is, is chock full for the next uh I, I would say almost the next 12 months now aol you guys are breaking out from uh well you guys were always the parent company time warner was who you guys bought but it, i don't know it was kind of a weird dichotomy uh i, I was always kind of confused about it but aol is becoming its own company again right yeah a lot of people don't realize back in back in the heyday of uh aol we were 
probably $60 billion larger than Apple is at its peak. Yeah. So uh, we had all that cash. We took uh, $120 billion. We bought uh, Time, War- Time Warner. Uh, for a while, the company was called AOL Time Warner. And uh, probably, what was that? Probably 2006. Uh, Time Warner sort of, uh, uh, you know, they removed the AOL name. And they slowly, you know, uh, backed off from their idea of uh, integrated uh, technology and distribution content company to sort of a company that wants to focus on media and content. So right now, Time Warner Cable was the first uh, part of the company that they wanted to uh, uh, de-emphasize and spin out so they could focus back on content. And AOL's the second part of that. Hmm. But you're still going to be owned by the same company? Um, we're going to have our own board of directors. We'll have our own stock. So uh, in every way, you guys are basically FileMaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, no, it's actually more than that. Yeah, because uh, FileMaker is definitely still an Apple company. Yeah, it's still wholly owned. Uh, we will actually be able to control our own destiny. Hmm. So after at the end of this year, we will be a separate company. We'll actually, you know, all the way down to, uh, you know, employee, uh, uh, you know, benefits and things like that will we'll be separating from Time Warner. So is the iPhone division within AOL, is that growing now? Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've grown in size. We've grown in projects. Uh, we've, you know, it, it takes a while because our first few apps we made were all, were all done, you know, kind of quietly. Apple, you know, came to us and asked us if we wanted to be there at the uh, SDK uh, presentation on March 6th with Steve Jobs. And it started from that, and next thing you know, we're, we, we got an early peek at the SDK, and we were able to start building new apps. And uh, next thing you know, we, we, the iPhone market just takes off. I knew I had a projection I made uh, uh, probably about 18 months ago just predicting how many units would be out there, and I'm, I'm pretty darn close. I think I'm about 10 million units away, so if Apple could sell 10 more, unit, 10 more million units uh, this year, I'll be hitting my projection. So. Oh, I don't think they'll have a problem with that. I think they're doing pretty well. The 3GS is uh, taking off really nicely. But uh, a lot of our properties do really well in iPhone apps. It's just amazing when you when you think about it. Movie Phone's a great product. You know, It's been used by a lot of people. But when do you really need the Movie Phone? It's when you're standing around with your friends and they're like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, let's go to movie. Oh, wait, let me go back home, log in, and find yes. out what's playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a lot of these apps, uh, you know, they're seeing a whole new life uh, on a phone that has the capabilities, you know, Apple's presented, like location awareness, uh, you know, fast, you know, just having a data, uh, a, a data package as part of the phone really changes the whole ballgame. Now, are, are you looking to develop for some of the other smartphone platforms that are out, like the Palm Pre or the Android stuff, or is it, are you focusing purely on, obviously, I understand your area, you'll be focusing purely on the iPhone, but AOL as a company, are you looking to, to get into other, other platforms? Yeah, uh, yes, definitely. Our, our CEO makes it a point that, you know, um, you know, Apple, you know, the iPhone does a really good job in the, in pretty much the domestic and, uh, you know, smartphone market, but still, uh, there's something like 1.2 billion phones being sold that don't run the, uh, Mac OS, uh, operating system. So we're focusing on, we do have products out there for RIM. Um, the number one IM client on T-Mobile is Sidekick. Uh, so uh, Aim on Sidekick does really, really well. Uh, we actually, a uh, little does, you know, not a lot of people know, but AOL actually has their own mobile platform. I didn't know uh, that. I had no idea. We actually have our own. Uh, it's, it's the open mobile platform that we've, uh, we purchased from a, a, a company. Um, but unfortunately, I think... Uh, Is there really a future in that, though? 
I think there's a bigger future in making apps than actually running an operating system. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you at this point. I mean, uh, not just because of the iPhone, but, you know, the, the WebOS is out there now. And uh, what is the, the Gmail or the uh, Google Android. one? Android. Android. Yeah. So, they're, you know, they're still in their infant stages, but they're going to grow. And hopefully they're going to get better and challenge Apple's iPhone platform because, quite honestly, I want that challenge there. If it's there, Apple's going to be forced to innovate even more so. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely, if you don't have a competitor, uh, the innovations do uh, come out slower. That's one of the things I think it's uh, really good for uh, independent AOL. We look at all the competition we have out there and we, we, we start to figure out what do we need to do to you know get back to our market leadership. So, so competition's good. So, Bill, I know that you took... You went away from just the web publishing and went with the the PDF actual magazine that people could download, print out if they really wanted to, but that they can read online or offline. You also had to change when the iPhone came out. How do you fit everything the iPhone encompasses into iProng now? Uh-oh. Are you still there, Bill? Yeah. He was thinking. He was thinking. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry about that. I was saying, how do you fit everything that the iPhone is covering now into iProng? Because you guys aren't really the iPod magazine. It's The, the iPhone is so much more. Um, how are you fitting in coverage of everything that the iPhone does? Or are you just really focusing more on the music still? I think it's I think it's great, you know, because I've been looking for an excuse. I mean, you know, when when the iPod came out, that was mainly just a music player. But okay, well now we can cover music in addition to hardware. Now with the iPhone, there's apps, there's games, there's all these things. The challenge for me is like I'm not much of a gamer. I think they're cool, but I always die on level one. <laughs> I've had to go out and find other people, you know, bring them into the staff who can review a game because they can actually get through a whole, uh, you know, level of uh, of whatever. I don't even know the names the most popular, you know, first-person shoot. I, like, I can get through Wolfenstein if I put it on the child level, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what's cool is the worlds keep intersecting. Uh, like, just as an example, Paul Van Dyke, the big DJ, he brought out an iPhone app like all the musicians are doing, but his is an actual app for DJs that does actual things. So he, you know, he actually came to us and his people came. They wanted to talk to us because he wanted to talk about his app. I wanted to, like, hey, Paul, you're a DJ. Tell me about this stuff. He's like, well, let's talk about my app, you know? So th- th- those things um, end up intersecting in, in a lot more ways than you'd imagine. A lot of convergence, huh? Yeah, more, more than I would have expected. You know, I know that you did a review of the EOS wireless iPod speakers that I did, and it was funny that we both gave it a three and a half out of five. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you can do anything you want with a speaker system, 15 different crazy features you can add on, but in the end, it's got to sound good, and that one just sort of sounds okay, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of what I said. I was like, yeah, if, you know, it, the, the wireless aspect of it, being able to control and push music through four separate speakers in different rooms was great, except it, those speakers don't run on batteries. You decided to plug them into the stupid wall. And the sound quality just wasn't there, so it really brought the score down. So you're not abandoning hardware reviews at all. Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I hate to say it, but hardware, in a way, has kind of slowed down. I think there'll be a next gen of, like, crazy iPhone add-ons, keyboards and gaming controllers and stuff, and maybe it'll pick up then, but... Right now, it's mostly the same kind of accessories we saw three, four years ago. So it's, I mean, it might sound the wrong way of saying this, but it's not that hard to keep up with the hardware right now. It might be more of a challenge in 2010, 2011. What do you think, Lee, with uh, iPhone OS 3.0, they've opened up the API for hardware devices. Do you see an explosion in, you know, microphones and, and 
for instance, the the uh, the Tom Tom. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The TomTom is both a software and a hardware solution. With the TomTom Cradle, it actually uses its own GPS receiver rather than iPhones. Do you think we're going to see more of that in the future? Uh-oh. I think we lost Lee. Lee? Lee. Lee, come back. Oh, was Lee. Okay, I'm back. I think my thing popped out. Um, <laughs> oh, we don't want to know about that. <laughs> oh, my. No, no, never admit that your thing popped out on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how every one of us took that the same wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as, as we all have the same perverted <laughs> I couldn't oh think my thing popped out. <laughs> you know how that goes. But, Excuse uh, me while I whip this out. <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, well, you know, I have one of those, uh, I won't tell you about my USB uh, uh, LED light that my friends make fun of, but, <laughs> so but you- I, I, I think it's a whole industry. I, I think there's going to be uh, things that, you know, looking at like Johnson & Johnson, uh, healthcare, uh, you know, TomTom, uh, Tom, I think is going to be, you know, I have a TomTom Tom Go 700 now, and I have to carry around all my all the pieces of it. Yeah, it has a little Unix thing. Uh, two, it has a weird three and a half gig hard drive. Wow. And uh, I bring that around every time I go rent a car. Uh, we just got back from vacation uh, in Florida in the Caribbean, and uh, had it with me the whole time. I would love to just carry my uh, cradle and, and snap my iPhone right into it. Um, I see a lot of things. The first generation of all the hardware stuff was, you know, uh, music, you know, related things like, uh, you know, speakers. Uh, but I think with the new iPhone 3, uh, 3.0 OS, I think it's going to be the, the, the number one growth driver for Apple. Uh, the first generation, I think, was the, uh, the App Store. App Store pushes pretty hard when it comes to getting people to uh, uh, buy an iPhone. I think the next generation of growth from uh, iPhone is going to be hardware. I agree. I, I'm really looking forward to it. But my question, or my worry, I should say, and I'll, su- I'll send this over to David Cohen, is that Apple continues to support the legacy phones. Not necessarily the first generation, because I can understand, you know, no GPS, no compass, no, you know. Um, and plus, it doesn't have a 3G network, so it's going to be slow. But at least support the 3G phone for the foreseeable future. And that's my worry that they're they're going to abandon it eventually. Well, I, I think I think they would. Yeah, they will eventually. But I, they've they've been pretty good so far. Um, they've they've kind of fiddled with the dock connector with every version of the iPhone, which is kind of annoying. But um, so there's been problems with charging and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm having that problem you know, right now with the new one because yeah, my yeah, uh, I'm having that too. My Dry Plus Play doesn't charge my new generation iPhone, and it really ticks me off. Although, yeah, I that, will say, I read up on the unofficial Apple weblog, owned by AOL, uh, <laughs> shout out to Lee, that there's a cable that a company made, and I actually went on eBay and found it, that it has a female dot connector on one end and a male dot connector on the other. And it converts the old stuff so it will actually charge the new iPhone. I think Scotch yeah. makes that, right? What is that? It's the Scotch Passport. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Uh, what I found actually on on that topic is that, um, with I mean I I've got going from the three G into the three GS I wasn't expecting it to change at all and I found the three GS has been a bit more uh, selective about what it will charge from but I've just done a reset on it tonight and that seems to have actually improved it so I think if you're having that sort of problem and you've done a a restore from an older version of the phone to the new one you might want to look at doing some kind of reset of settings and that sort of thing to clear out some of the old. The old legacy settings. Well, the settings, iPhone actually, when I plug it into my Drive Plus Play 2, it actually says, this device will not charge your iPhone. 
Yes. All oh, right. Okay. So, so that that's that's a specific. Uh, yep. You know, the move from firewire to USB charging pins. Well, um, no, it's it's. Going, uh, I think it went from something watts to volts to five yeah. watts or something like yeah, that. They, they, but this is this is what I was saying. They have kind of tweaked the dock connector. Stand they need to stop doing that because they did that same yeah. thing with the uh, I, I, uh, the iPod, didn't they, Bill? Was it going from yeah. the fifth to the sixth generation or something? And they messed up with the dock connector, and a whole bunch of peripheral speakers and stuff like that just stopped working. Yeah, you plug it in; it'll play in that speaker system, but it won't charge it. Although, in in Apple's defense, I will say, you know, you, the iPhone is a much more power hungry device. If you plug an iPhone into an old charger that's just for iPod, say in your car, and it's generic, and it'll work, but it'll take forever to charge it. It shows you just how much more of a uh, uh, of, of, a, of a hungry uh, device it is. And so I, I do wonder if maybe some of these earlier accessories may have just been not putting out as much power as, as they should have. Maybe they skimmed and put just a minimum that they knew the iPod would need and maybe in some way didn't follow the guidelines they were supposed to. We'd never know unless we got some engineer to take it apart, I guess. But I do wonder why some some old ones work and some don't. It was a standard, and so did Apple screw it up or did some follow them and some didn't? I'm well, wondering. Actually, go ahead, Larry. Well, actually, we started to take a look at that. Um, I think what we've uh, sort of, for my uh, preliminary investigation, um, FireWire had something to do with it. FireWire compatibility in the, you know, Apple, even though we didn't, you know, Apple hasn't offered FireWire to uh, their products in a while, the dock connector supported uh, 12 volts, which was a FireWire standard. So they the told USB all the, is 5 volts. Yeah, they told That's all the wireless, they, they told everybody that we're not going to support the 12 volts through the dock connector anymore, and everyone kept supporting it. So Apple said, you know, with iPhone 3G, we're going to go 5 volts only. And uh, when they did, it made some of the older devices uh, stop working. And yeah, I think that's exactly what happened to me. And Yeah. But in, in, funnily enough, including the Apple Hi-Fi. So <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. weren't, they weren't drinking their own Kool-Aid on that one, really. Um, but to go back to your original question, Tim, I, I think WWDC next year is going to be very interesting. Uh, it's not WWDC. The um, Macworld Expo is going to be very interesting because that's when I'm expecting most of these new hardware devices to be launched. Now, let's um, talk to Lee for a minute, Lee. Um, we've had um, IDG on the show, and we're going to have yes. him again here pretty soon. I actually wrote an article that never saw print. And I asked a lot, of, and this was shortly after Macworld Expo, whether they're going to go to the next Macworld Expo or not. And this was before that it, it, the, the news came out that they were moving to February, and uh, they actually had a game plan. And most of the vendors said no, that they're not going to go. I think some of their answers changed after the announcements from IDG, which is why I never ran the article, because I didn't want it to become uh, a self uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. I didn't want vendors to read that and go, well, look at all these companies. They say they're not going to go, so we're not going to go. So I just held back for a little bit. I wanted to see what IDG was going to do, and they kind of changed the game a little bit where they made my article uh, antiquated really quick. So I don't know I don't know if you can answer it yet or not, but is, is the Macworld Expo still something that AOL is looking at for next year? Well, you know, when we uh, – I, I, I just first want to say I, I love Macworld Expo. I, I, I can't – you know, I I don't want to tell you guys how geeky I am, but my wife and I, uh, you know, I met her when I was uh, working uh, for the Apple K-12 group. Uh, that's, some, geez, almost 12 years ago. Um, and just to make it kind of, you know, tie it back to Apple, we got engaged at Macworld Expo New York uh, in 90, 98. Wow. 
So uh, it's kind of a personal thing for us. You know, my daughter, she's seven. She's been to six Macworlds. We had to miss one because her sister was born uh, in February. So we couldn't get the wife. That old excuse. Yeah, we (laughs) couldn't get the wife on the plane. So we were trying. We're trying to go. But uh, we we love Macworld. The kids love it. Uh, My sisters, both my sisters live in the Bay Area, so it's a good excuse to get out there to visit. Um, she, my sister even had her kid, uh, during the Macworld Expo week so that, uh, her, her, her kid, uh, comes in right at the right time and we could, we celebrate his birthday, go to Macworld. I get passes for everybody. So I, I, I'm, is that I'm Steve, ho- is that, uh, um, Steve Jobs Lee? <laughs> yeah. Givens actually. Uh, Steve, Steve Jobs Givens. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> I, 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 I gave I gave my wife, uh, I mean I gave my sister the suggestion, but she decided to call him Aiden. So yeah, but, oh well, uh, she liked that name better. Um, but I I think when when you're looking towards you know finding a finding you know if you go to CES and things like that, the the Macintosh user just gets swallowed up with 160,000 people there. I, I think Macworld was always this great place I could go, and it's it's kind of like I used to tell people it's like a, 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 a religious expedition. Everybody around you, we all believe the same things. Every bar you go to, every restaurant, you'll find Mac people. It's just a great great week. So um, I would love to go back to Macworld Expo, but we're 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 still like almost probably all the other vendors. We're trying to figure out what our you know what our future is in uh, when it comes to conferences and things like that. So. But unfortunately with us, it's even harder because we're splitting off. Uh, you know, we have a whole new uh, uh, marketing group. Uh, everybody is excited about the iPhone apps, and we're trying to figure out how do we get exposure, how do we get distribution, and how do we uh, move out. So uh, I'm working closely with the IDG folks, and I'd really love to be there. Um, I like it to be, you know, I love the, the February 9th through 13th date. It really helps out because... I used to always, you know, I, I had a stress. I used to have to go to CES, and then I had to go to Macworld. And, and right one after time, the holidays. Yeah, right after the holidays, I'd miss my, my family because I'd go out to CES first, and I'd fly back, pick up my family, and then fly right back. It was it was a travel nightmare. So I'm so glad it's in February. Um, we're going to try our best to be there. Um, we're going to, you know, it's it's still the biggest, uh, Mac, you know, Mac-only uh, gathering. And we're hoping that it, uh, you know, stays for the near future. Well, I do know that they're going to really focus on the iPhone this year. Well, next yes. year, Bill. Um, because of that, is iPhone going to be covering Macworld Expo? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what, what's cool is in addition to the date change, which is a really smart move, the other thing that I love that they've done is they're going hard after the app developers. And they've got a really, I don't want to go into all the details, but they've got a really cheap way for the app developers to go and develop. It's a lot cheaper than, you know, like what you would see at the AOL booth, which which must cost you guys a ton. Because obviously those app developers, a lot of them are working out of their basement and they're indie people and they're not going to be able to do like a fancy booth with the furniture rental and stuff. So, um, yeah, I I, I think we might end up spending at least as much time on software at the next expo as hardware. Whereas last year, you know, probably 90% of the iPhone booths were hardware. And I think this year it'll be more of an even mix yeah now it's a it's a long flight but uh, hopefully you know david cohen is going to be there i'm hoping to be there and so is guy Searle. our big thing for my mac is we basically have to have sponsors from this point on to go uh we're not going to take it out of our own pocket anymore and it's going to have to be one of those things that if we don't have sponsors um some of the my mac crew is not going to be there and uh we'll see how that works out but it's one of those events that I don't want to see die. I'm still worried about it, and I hope that it does continue. But with that, we're going to wrap up this segment of the podcast. Uh, we're going to 
Luz Lee and Bill. I want to personally thank both of you guys for coming on the show this week. It's been too long for either one of you being on, and I do appreciate it. Sure. I'd like to come back and talk to you about some cool thing we're working on in the next few weeks. I can't really talk about, but uh, we have some really neat things, especially for our folks who love AIM on the iPhone. Ooh. Nice. Ooh, teasers. <laughs> and and Bill, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I enjoy iProng every is every two weeks now, right? Yeah, every 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 two weeks. Uh, I get bored easy, so try to keep up. But I've got to run. I got to go have dinner with uh, Britney Spears or somebody. So I'm- yeah, <laughs> don't bring a razor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so appreciate with that, you having me on. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. So with that, we're going to wrap this segment up. We'll be right back. Reach out of space. And once again, I want to thank uh, both Lee and Bill for coming on the show. And uh, it's nice talking to both of those guys. But we're back to the core. Me, David, Guy. Yeah. It's time for the real men. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you, you, took, you took them off off of uh, Lady's Voice on GarageBand. So that's right. So last week, uh, I kind of talked about a little bit about we're going to get into uh, some feedback from uh, the listeners. But I also talked about a program that I was using called Radio Gaga, and I've had a little bit of time to play with it. This is a really cool program. It basically allows you to listen to streaming music, and it's it's populated with a whole bunch of different stations. And it allows you also to sort it by um, genre. The, the sound, well, it, it does that automatically, but it allows you to sort it by the audio quality. So I'm always looking for the 256K or higher stream so you get much better sound. Sure. But there's a lot of apps that allow you to listen to the radio. Well, this one's a little bit different in that it lets you record. It breaks the sound, the, the, each song out, puts all the metadata in it, and it allows you to send that to iTunes. Cool. Mm. Well, these aren't, uh, these aren't RIAA-approved songs, I'm guessing. Uh, it's everything, dude. I, I was listening to all kinds of music. I, I, you uh, name it, they're and, playing yeah. it. And, and last week there was some news that uh, a deal had been struck to allow internet radio to continue in terms of, you know, paying. You know, they, in the in the past, the uh, the fees they had to pay to play music on on the internet were going up and up and up, and it was becoming unaffordable. I think they've sorted that out now, so hopefully these applications will continue to go from strength to strength. But being able to record them is because uh, I mean that to me that was always the thing. I don't know when you were growing up. Um, you know, you used to do the thing where you'd have always have a tape in the stereo. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then when a song came on, you'd hit the record button and you kind of build a mix take up like that. And, you know, because of all this DRM and everything, we've kind of lost that ability over the, over of course, the last few years. Looking back on that though, you know, I could tell you that it's 88 degrees when eight, uh, another one bites of dust came out because the weather came on right when the song started and they talked yeah. over the music. So, I, you know, that Queen song, I loved it as a kid, and I listened to it all the time, and I got that little, you know, radio burp in there, and that's just the way it was. That's, you know, and I don't think this is any different. 256K is not a bad uh, sound quality, and, <clears throat> you know, if you're just going to be listening to it on your iPod anyways, I think it's fine. And the ability to... Go ahead. Does it work? Does it work over three G or is it Wi-Fi only? No, this is uh, a Mac program. 
This is not oh, an iPhone or oh, th- this is a oh, Mac I thought program. You were talking about an iPhone program. Nope, this is a Macintosh program. So you're listening to music at home. You're you can actually schedule it to record certain times. So if there's like a talk show that you want to hear, it'll record that, and then you can it will automatically clip out the songs. So if you're recording and it's played, say ten songs, you go to the little recording thing, the the little uh, I don't know. I don't want to launch it while I'm recording the show. Um, your your bin of recorded music. And they're each separate files. So, you know, it it senses when one stops and the next one starts. It puts the metadata in it. And then there's this one button that says send to iTunes, and it copies it over. It's great. It's it's interesting, that. Do you you think this is the future for radio? Yeah, I do. Um, I think terrestrial radio is... is, It's very quickly dying. Yeah. it's The only thing that's keeping terrestrial radio alive right now is the automobile. I don't yeah. think hardly anybody listens to the actual radio at home anymore. Television is a supplement of that. And internet behavior and stuff like that. But when you're in the car, you can't really watch anything. So you want to listen. Yeah. Kind of a captive audience. <laughs> and the iPod, obviously, is starting to catch a lot of that market. So how does radio stations survive in the coming decade when more and more people are starting to listen to iPods and stuff like that? Pre-recorded, time-shifted. At their convenience. Yeah, know. I mean, it's, it's like interesting. I've, I've just ordered. I've just ordered a new car, and um, that comes with effectively with. The, I mean, it's a t- it's the Toyota version, but it comes with a hard hard drive uh, recorder built into it. Yep. So uh, the idea is, is you load all your music onto the hard drive, and uh, effectively you've got an iPod built into the car. Then. Yep. Um, and um, you know, I I hardly ever listen to the radio. In fact. Last weekend, the uh, the final Wimbledon was on, and we were driving back from London. It was the first time we actually listened to something in the radio in the car for probably about eight nine months. Because normally, I just have the uh, iPhone plugged in, and I'm listening to stuff on that. Yep. So th- I've been using that program. I'm, I'm going to have a review of it here in a couple more weeks, but I need to play with it some more, find out any more bugs. And uh, but so far, I like it. Uh, let's talk about uh, some reader feedback. I'll start with the one from Bob Lewis. And uh, it's called Usage of Elgato. And so I heard your last reader invite guest, uh, I think it was 7-1, my Mac podcast, saying, uh, why would you ever use an Elgato TV tuner just to turn on the TV? I have a different use. Uh, he has a 24-inch iMac, and it takes up quite a bit of desk space, along with some other AV components, a USB hub, an external hard drive, etc. It's much better for me to just fire up the iTV and watch it in a window and he was doing that right when he was uh, writing this email, he said. It also helps with my next pain. Much better angle for me compared to where the TV was. Just wanted to share a different opinion. And you know what? I think that he's absolutely right. There are definitely times and places that having TV on your Mac is great. I suggested college dorm rooms where space is at a premium. They may not have a college student room to set up a big TV. Their entire life is built around the laptop as it is. And to be able to watch television on their laptop is probably a much better solution than, you know, buying a television and sticking it in a corner somewhere. Oh, not only that. I mean, if you've got if you've got an iMac, uh, I mean, a 20-inch iMac, I mean, that's the screen on that, even the, on the 20-inch, is, is enormous compared to, you know, the kind of small portable TVs a lot of people, you know, certainly when I was growing up would have had. Yeah. I mean, I, I had 14-inch black and white when I was at, at, at university. So uh, just being able to 
plug a little box into that and being able to watch TV on it as well is a, is a real real win-win. Bob, also, yeah, well, also you've got, I mean, just the, the as compared to when, when you guys were going to college and certainly when, when I was going to college, the, the fact that you've got time-shifted programming through Hulu and some of these other sources means that you can pretty much watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Yep. Uh, Bob also mentioned in his uh, email, he, he heard my Twitter mic Twitter cast with the Mac Mommy. He thought that was cool, and it's another podcast for him to listen to. Absolutely. Now, what he's talking about there is I'm using an app for my iPhone called Twitter Mic. And what I do is, no, yeah, Twitter Mic. And yeah, what I do much. is small little audio things that automatically post it up to Twitter for me. And the audio quality is actually pretty good. I'm, I'm quite impressed yeah. with it. And what? <coughs> excuse me. And what, I did a, a, a mock type of interview with the Mac Mommy. Yeah. What, what I, over what the I telephone? Think, no, it was over Skype. But I just had the the iPhone in my hand oh, and I recorded okay. it. You know, yeah. right next to the speaker. What what I I what I found from uh, I really wish that application was able to do is actually set up an RSS feed of the uh, of the of the casts because trying to pick them out of your um, out of your Twitter feed is quite difficult. Yeah, I understand, and I don't know. I th- that would be kind of cool too if it would let someone subscribe to just the the Twitter mic sections. Yeah, yeah, I, that would be pretty cool. I'd actually put that up at my Mac at that point if I if it would allow me to do that. But it's a uh, first generation product. I think that you're probably going to see some uh, innovation coming out of them pretty soon because I've I've been hearing really good things about it. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of email from Neil Wharton. Uh, three different ones, yeah. and it's all about the 3GS overheating. You want to get into that a little bit, David? Sure, yeah. I mean, Neil um, Neil ended up buying a 3GS on my recommendation, actually. Uh, when he heard on, on the podcast that, that I'd, I'd uh, decided to upgrade, He, uh, I saw him on Twitter, and he said, said yeah, I'm, I'm going to go down and, and, and get one as well. And he's really, really happy with it. But he's been looking at this overheating problem that's been um, been in the news over the last few weeks since the since the phone was launched. And in summary, what some people have found is that is that phone's been getting very very hot. Uh, and in a couple of instances, they said people with the white one have found that the the casing has become marked as a result of a result of this uh, this heating and and uh, discoloring the case. So he's been kind of looking at it. And and the first the first email he sent us was talking about. Um, he found that, that the video application was was being, um, you know, activated by accident, and then he was putting the uh, the phone in his pocket, and uh, and the, you know, effectively, it was videoing the inside of his pocket, and <laughs> the, phone, <laughs> the phone was getting quite warm as a result. And and I can sort of I can sort of concur with that view. I actually had a crash with mine um, while I was using the video. I, I, we we were away a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, on a kind of like a family weekend, and, and there was a helicopter laid on for, for us to go and do flights in. So I was shooting video of, of the helicopters coming to land and, and how my son was reacting to that, and then we were going to get on the helicopter. And when we actually got on, I, f- I went to start shooting video from the inside the helicopter, and my phone was just dead. I mean, it had just kind of locked. Uh, and I had to do a, had to do a hard reset to uh, to get it back. And when I did that, I noticed it was very warm as well. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if um, if you know when the, the, when they update the, the software to three point one that, that there's some bugs that need um, squashing in there. So uh, so that that was his uh, 
you know, that was his um, experience. He felt that the video app and, and anything that's kind of really working the processor might be, you know, and a crash might be leading to some of this overheating. But he said that, uh, you know, that, that might be one, one thing that's going on there. Hmm. It's interesting, you know, and it takes a lot of processing power to record video. And yeah. it's writing it to the flash drive and all that. So if that's what's happening with people, I can totally understand why the unit's getting hot. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, you know, something else that has come out since these reports is that some of the discoloration people were seeing was actually com- coming from the cases they were using rather than the uh, the actual, you know, the, the 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 processor heating up inside kind of burning through the case or anything like that. It was it was just that they had a, a you know, a, a coloured case attached to the iPhone and, and when it was getting hot, they were getting some colour transfer off from that. So, uh, you know, I think that's something to bear in mind as well. Now that the 3GS, you know, is doing an awful lot of work, I think people need to start thinking about what kind of case they put their phone into and, uh, you know, start thinking about, is it something that's really going to insulate the phone and allow it to heat up? You wouldn't, you wouldn't take a running laptop nowadays, so you wouldn't take a MacBook Pro or something like that and then put it in a leather um, case. You know, a re- a leather case while it was running at full tilt. Right, uh, right. in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, and then go and put it in a bag and all of that, you know. Yeah, so, don't remember, uh, don't, don't forget, this has a 600 megahertz processor in it. Exactly. I mean, that's not yeah. a little bit. I mean, that it's going to get warm. And this that's is a right. sealed unit, so there's not a lot of airflow. So if you take that and wrap it around leather or aluminum foil, it's going to get warm, or I actually wrap the aluminum foil or leather around it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've that's, heard that's, the next version is going to be the 3GSF, and the F stands for fan. <laughs> Fans or fins. What is that? <laughs> oh, it's just my iPhone yeah. cooling down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. now, yeah. now, Neil, Neil sent us a second uh, mail, again talking about um, video on the, on, the, on the phone. You remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago about right. uh, the orientation of video. Yeah. Uh, and, 640 and, by 480. Yeah. Uh, and you was you were saying that you, you wished it would rotate on the fly if you as you turn the phone round. Yes. Um, now and and I was kind of saying, oh, I'm not sure whether whether it you know that would be hard to do, uh, and uh, you know we'll probably need some more heating that sort of thing. And and I wondered whether it was strictly necessary. And Neil said that uh, you know when he's been away and and uh, with his family, they uh, they found that actually if they use a flip camera or something like that, they're the inclination is particularly for non-videographers or for non-technical people. It's to, it's to hold it up one way, you know, the one, like, the, for instance, the flip is designed to be held vertically, but, um, you know, if you're used to using an ordinary digital camera, then uh, a non-technical person might turn it on its side because that's the way they kind of expect it to work. And he, he was saying if you then get that video home, you've then got a real problem because you have to start, you know, doing all sorts of... Uh, magic food to it to try and get it the right way up when it's actually in iMovie and he said that um, you know he felt that uh, the the way the iPhone deals with that is great because it just kind of sorts it out for you and it's always the right way up um, and he he thinks that, that that's probably why they've made the decision to do it the way they have so Maybe. that's not something, something, something to, think about. To, to bear in mind well, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm trying got, to trying to I mean how well does iMovie edit video in portrait mode no, well, this is the thing. It, it kind of uh, he, he was saying that when the, when they bring bring the stuff back into iPhoto and iMovie, it, it kind of just all it's always the right way up. So uh, so he felt that that was a a better thing than having to try and transcode it and turn it around. So it's interesting. I'm I'm going to have to uh, play with it more. I've done some video editing, um, well, I should say video recording on the iPhone, 
But it's all been very quick, easy, family kid stuff. It hasn't been, you know, I'm going to film this for the next 15 minutes with the iPhone. Uh, the longest thing that I have recorded was about, I don't know, 10 minutes of my daughter opening presents for her sixth birthday. And uh, I I actually used a little bit of that up on Facebook. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I posted a... Well, I know you did, David. I don't know if you did. Yeah, guy. I did, yeah. Uh, I posted my daughter, Brooke, opening up her very first iPod, a little iP- green iPod shuffle. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's little things like that I like to share. And I like having the iPhone available for that because it's obviously my cell phone, so it's always with me. And I'm finding with this... I'm doing more video with it than I am pictures. I'm not taking very many actual pictures with my iPhone 3GS. I'm taking video. And I don't know... I mean, obviously, with the old iPhone, I was taking a lot of pictures. But if I have the option to take a picture or take video, my natural inclination is to take video. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just yesterday, as a matter of fact, I took the kids to uh, Brooks School. It's, it's closed because of the summer holiday and all. But I took it up to the took them up to the school so they could play on the playground. Nobody else was there. They were having a great time. And uh, her and Cole, Cole is uh, eighteen, nineteen months old now. And I just pulled out my iPhone and I recorded a little bit here and I'd put it away and I'd pull out you know five minutes later and record another little a minute and a half bit. And when you get home and you sync it and it automatically goes into iPhoto, it's great to be able to go back and look at that a couple weeks later. And say, oh, yeah, I forgot I recorded this. Oh, that's cute. And that's, I think, the power of the the video editing and the video recording on the iPhone is the the down and dirty, quick, the kids are doing something cute type of thing. Or if you want to get a a little uh, demented, oh, look at the accident that just happened. I can pull out my phone and record it. Or, uh, don't, I mean, don't discount yeah. the YouTube integration as well. <clears throat> no, I don't. Um, I just haven't used the YouTube integration at all because my account for YouTube that's set up is geared towards my Mac. And right. I don't want to post you know, family stuff on YouTube for the my Mac channel. So I probably have to set up a personal YouTube account to do that. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I found I'm taking a lot of photos with it. Obviously, we've got the new baby, um, and it's very convenient to be able to use the iPhone for that and really captured like the, you know, cause obviously, you know, she's, she's currently only uh, two and a half months old. So they change very quickly at this yep. age. Uh, and I'm really getting a lot of shots that I probably wouldn't do if I, if I was relying just on my SLR. Yeah. You got to just run with the, the camera and yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. You know? And the picture uh, and quality is a lot better than, than before. Again, you know, it's a couple of photos I've shown to people. They've really been impressed. There was really what um, kind of summed it up for me. The other day, outside the building I'm working on at the moment, we had a, a, bee, a swarm of honeybees on the door. Um, you know, you know, this time of year, the bees, you know, they're up and moving, and they sometimes they'll settle on an object, and, um, you know, you'll have three, four thousand bees all crawling all over it and, and effectively the door next to our building they decide to settle there um, so I went out and just took a couple of pictures with the iPhone of it because I thought uh, you know it's not something you see every day uh, and everyone I've shown the, the photos to has been amazed how, how you know how detailed they are bearing in mind it was, it was taken with a cell phone uh, you can really see exactly what was going on with the swarm all over this door and um, you know it's, it's, it's really very good one thing that I wish that the the video capabilities of the iPhone would do 
is allow you to email a video like it allows you to email a photo. It doesn't let you do that, David. No, no, it doesn't. Um, probably for network reasons, I'd have thought. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm sure that stuff will come. I mean, I, I'm, I'm finding I wish the on cam the on phone editing function for the video was uh, a bit more sophisticated than it is you can kind of trim it but it if you can't you can't losslessly trim it so once you trim it then you lose the stuff you've removed uh, it would be nice if you could save a copy out actually i heard that um i thought that that, w- that was possible that it, it is lossless now i thought that was updated with uh, 301 ah uh, i haven't put 301 on my phone yet ah uh, that's probably so. why yeah, my understanding was that 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 was one of the. I actually, I don't think three hundred one has been released yet, has it? No, no I don't think so. Now, I was reading that that's one of the things that Apple corrected because a lot of people were complaining. They were editing it on their phone, and then it's gone forever. And yeah. you know, if it's if it's video and that's the only place that exists, you don't want to you don't want to edit it on the phone if you know you. you but yeah, absolutely. But I tell you what. Um, if if Apple, it doesn't matter how much it costs. If Apple comes out with iMovie as an application for the phone, oh yeah, even if it's much more basic than I'm so there. Absolutely, that that would be awesome. There's a good idea right there. Yeah. So what have you been doing with your iPhone, guy? You're still a, a iPhone virgin, if you will. You're yeah. still getting used to it. You're, yes. I, you've said you're not really a game player. So what's been the big draw for you on the iPhone so far? Games. Games, it really. Games is what's drawing in. So what have you been playing? I have been playing this game. It's called Flight Control. Oh, my God. So I was going to talk about that. That is the most addictive, expletive, expletive game. I got to agree with you. That and it and it's so simple, but it, it just kind of sucks you in. Well, yep. let me ask you. You think something. you're doing really good, and I'll say, "Oh God, where that stupid where helicopter from?" You have the little planes that go at one speed, and the bigger planes that go at another speed, and and, and some of the really bigger from? planes that go even faster, and yeah, oh. now, and you can your, only draw a figure. I, I think I, my record is 37 right now. Oh, I got you beat. Uh, I'm got, not surprised. In the, in the one that's got kind of the, the V-shaped runways, I've yep. gotten that one up to 66. Wow. And the one that's got the water runway, uh, 79. Wow. wow. That's pretty now, good. Now, the one that's got the aircraft carrier. That's hard. Oh, that kills me. I, if, if I can get past 15 on that <laughs> sucker, I'm having a good day. Yeah, that's a difficult uh, one. I think I've got 19. That's my record on that one. The only, the only problem I have with flight control is that my wife has discovered it. And Uh-oh. so now I've... Every time she's kind of sat there and she's kind of bored, she wants to grab my iPhone. She says, "Can I? Can I do the planes now?" <laughs> yeah, that's where okay, it starts. I, so the next one, step is that she doing, has to get her own. Yeah. Go another ahead. one I've been doing is called Kukuro Mania. <laughs> if, I don't know if you guys know what Kukuro is. No. Um, it's similar to Sudoku. Uh, I think Dell, you know, Dell the puzzle magazines call it. Um, uh, some totals or something like that, where it's almost like a crossword puzzle with, with numbers. Um, that's a lot of fun for me. Uh, there's another one called iFighter, which reminds me a lot of the kind of top-down scrollers with, like, Galaga and some of those other ones, except it's done with more of, like, like a World War II theme. Uh, I got Find My Car, and that actually works pretty well. I just picked up the other day this new application, though I haven't had a chance to, to try it yet, called Auto Stitch, 
which is supposed to let you like you you stand in one spot and you take a couple of pictures as as you scan across, and it's supposed to stitch the photos yeah, together. Yeah, more panoramic type of thing. Right, right, right. I've been um, playing with. Uh, well, I haven't been playing with it. You know, I have a eighteen month old, nineteen month old Cole. Right. And surprisingly, he's a very much of a, a gadget freak. If you relieve the stereo or the television or the cable box remote control anywhere in reach, he's on it. <laughs> and uh, so he, he always wants to play with the iPhone, and I don't let him because, quite honestly, most of the things on the iPhone are just, you know, it's way above his skill level to do anything with. I get an email from a listener uh, that listens to the podcast and that I had been talking about the iPhone and, and kids and stuff. And he was a uh, he's an iPhone developer, and he sent me a uh, a link to this, so I went ahead and downloaded it. It's called Toddler Tools Counting Adventure, and it's really cute. It, you you click a number, and then the animal comes up, and you click one animal, and it says what number it is. So I'll give you an example, guys. And I'm assuming that the voice is his voice. I don't think he would uh, go out and you know <laughs> pay someone to do it. Uh, for instance, so this is what it sounds like. Four giraffes. One, two, three, four. So he and so Cole is touching the dots on the giraffe. There's four giraffes, and he will touch them, and it will count out. Um, it, it's got a little bit of problem because Cole seven likes to touch. Monkeys. So, for instance, I just clicked seven monkeys with my uh, finger, but that's I actually, from Bruce Willis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, seven monkeys. Yeah. Uh, but I actually clicked two things, and it launched the two zebras. And now it's over, but it said seven monkeys. So it, it needs to be a little bit um, forgiving on accidental clicks. But other than that, I mean, it works really good. It has a jungle theme, an ocean theme, or a space theme. And that's the kind of apps that I like uh, for Cole. Something very simple and uh, something that's useful. I mean, it's it's teaching him how to count in a fun type of way for him. It just just make sure it's got a good case on it in case he gets frustrated. I hold it. <laughs> he doesn't hold it. He sits <laughs> oh, in my yeah. lap and, and touches it. Uh, now, he also likes Up, where he gets to pop the balloons. and uh, So that's a nice little fun game for him. And I think it was free. So he just clicks the little balloons that show up and it pops them. And he enjoys that. You know, there's actually there's an, there's an, I can't remember what it's called. There's an iPhone app that simulates popping those uh, those shipping bubbles. Yeah. yeah, bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Bubble wrap, yeah. And my, my mother would have loved that because anytime we had something come in the house with bubble wrap, you could always tell because from downstairs you just hear this pop, 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 <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Well, I'm still uh, using uh, Tweety a lot for my iPhone Twitter client. I still think that's the best. And a lot of yeah, people were saying Twitter that uh, Twitterific is really good, so... I had bought Twitterific when it first came out, and so I updated it, and I tried it again, and i I got to say I like Tweety better. I think that's a, a personal preference, but it just seems uh, to it, work really well for me. Is Tweety a paid app as well? Yes. I think it's that, $0.99. Yeah, they have, they, have a, they have a free version too. It's ad-supported. Yeah, they have not. But, but um, the other one that, that's been kind of big on the iPhone the last few weeks is TweetDeck. They've done a version of that for the iPhone. I have um, to check that lot, out. Yeah, a lot of people have been kind of raving about that as well. Um, so, I mean, one thing that the iPhone is not short of is Twitter clients. No. That's, it's, <laughs> it, but, you know, Twitter's the type of thing that's 
easy to take with you in a mobile phone type of capacity. It just works that way. One game, <coughs> excuse me, that I really wanted to play because it looks like a uh, Warcraft Warcraft Two clone, and I'm not talking about World of Warcraft. I'm talking about resource gathering and battles. Runs. Uh, it's called Lost Empires. Oh, I think the okay. name is actually longer than that, but that's all I could see on my iPhone screen right now. And it's by GameLoft, but uh, it was four ninety nine. So I thought, oh, what the heck, I'll buy it. And it crashes every single time. Oh, and I've submitted, you know, a complaint to uh, GameLoft, and it's a black hole. I saw that they're on Twitter for this game, so I joined them on Twitter, and I said, hey, this thing crashes. And he says, oh, we're going to update it uh, really soon. It should work for you great after that. Got the update, still crashes. It's, it gives me the game loft screen and right back to the finder or the, you know, what do you call it? The I call it the finder, I guess the home screen. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a home screen, app but, screen. But honestly, if I went to the store and bought this for four ninety nine and brought it home in a box and ran it on my computer and it crashed every time, I would be ticked off. I'm not as yeah. ticked off because it doesn't work on the iPhone, but at this point, I think I'm starting to get a little ticked off. I four five bucks isn't a lot of money, but at the very least, the game should work, or at least get past this, the the uh, splash. And it screen. crashes every time. The company completely ignores my complaints, uh, and I'm really close to writing a review on this at mymac.com. And it's going to be one paragraph. Don't buy this. It crashes. It doesn't crash for everybody, but if you're like me, it's. If, Take five bucks out of your wallet, rip it in half, flush it down the toilet. That's the same amount of enjoyment you're going to get compared <laughs> to buying this game. And right. it just ticks me off. There should be some kind of a recourse yeah, for me. It, it, it doesn't work. It just crashes yeah. every single time. Now, they have a free version. So I thought, well, I'll download the free version, and I'll see if that works for me. Nope, didn't work. And that crashed well. Yep. And uh, I, there's nothing on their website, no... If you're having problems, try these solutions. Nothing. It's just a black hole that my money went into, and GameLoft doesn't seem to give a crap about it. It's not coming back out. And I tell you what, at this point, I'm starting to pay attention to the companies that are making the games, and if I see a GameLoft, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. I mean, because this has happened, this is a month now, 30 days, and it's five bucks that they got, and I didn't get anything in return, except for frustration. Look, I'll launch it right now. Launch, it says Game Loft, boop, back to the home screen. That fast. Nothing. What's this, what's this game called? Um, Lost Empires. I know that the name is actually longer than that, but on my screen it only says Lost Empire. Um, just do a search for Lost Empire Game Loft and you'll find it. Don't buy it, though. <laughs> so... Anyways, I, I think that we need to uh, mention our sponsor, Otherworld Computing. Their stuff does work. You know, guys, the, the iPhone 3GS actually plays music louder than my first-generation iPhone. I don't know why, but the volume seems to be a lot louder. And, you know, the, the earbuds that come with it are okay. I don't particularly like headphones or that go inside your ear. I like headphones that cover your ear. Or at least go on your ear. I don't really like anything inside my ear. And so if I go up to uh, maxsales.com and I click audio, they have a sale right now and it's going through the end of July. 
And it's for a Superlux HD 681 wired headphones. Now, these are priced on the street, they say, at 200 bucks. And if you look at these on their website, they look like really great headphones. 39 bucks right now. That's, that's a pretty good price. That's a great price. And, uh, you know, they're saying that these are pro audio headphones. So if you're looking for really good headphones and you don't want to buy the cheapies, you can get a really nice pair of headphones for 39 bucks. So it's a cheapy price, but you're getting audiophile quality headphones, professional sounding over the ear. And if they're over the ear and they're nice and tight like these are, it's kind of noise canceling because it's muffling the noise. Um, they look, they look fantastic. I haven't used them myself, but if I was in the market for headphones right now, I would grab these for 39 bucks. They look really, really good. In fact, they're called, uh, they're affectionately titled the AKG killers, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because I'm actually reviewing a pair of AKG headphones right now. So go figure. So we want to thank MacSales.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you have a company and you want to sponsor the podcast, let me know. Send an email to feedback at mymac.com, and we can work something out. Right, guys? We can work right. it out. <laughs> yep. So next week, we've got the big show 250 coming up. Yeah, what are we going to do for that one? Uh, I think we're going to talk about Macs and iPhones and stuff like that. Well, that's something different. <laughs> something different, you know. And then the show after that, we've got Matt Larson coming on, and uh, that will be show 251. That is the listener invite. We talked about it on the last show. If you would like to come on the podcast, not as an interviewee, but just as a Mac guy and you want to talk about Macs and the iPhone and your passions, we are booking through November at this point. Every other show, we're trying to do the listener invite. We didn't this week, and this should have been our listener invite, but that was because we had both Lee and uh, Bill. Bill on, and I, I didn't want to get it too crowded. So if you want to be on the show, we are looking at uh, October and November. So simply send an email to feedback at mymac.com and we will schedule you. We record on Thursdays and we record via Skype. Got to have a yep. somewhat decent microphone and you have to wear headphones and right. you have to have a Skype account, which is free. And, and it's around 7 p.m. <coughs> Eastern Standard. Yep, yep, about 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. And uh, if you could come on and chat with us, we'd love to have you on. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we promise we'll keep David Cohen on his leash. He won't bite too much. He'll uh, nip at your neat heels, but, you know, he won't actually bite. So. But I, I still get to bite. <clears throat> yeah, well, duh. you got to eat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have it all the way booked through August, uh, the rest of July, and uh, September. So, I mean, you know, a, a lot of people are coming on the show, but there's a lot of dates. This podcast isn't going anywhere. We're going to be around for a long time. So even though, you know, we won't get you on right away, we will get you on. And if you're really good, we'll have you back on. <laughs> we also do another show. Hope you check it out. There's a new one out this week. It's called Geekiest Show Ever. And we talk about everything geeks. We've talked about movies, uh, music, video games. Jeez, what haven't we covered yet? Television shows that were canceled too early. I mean, you name it, we cover it. Do a search up on iTunes for Geekiest Show Ever, and you'll find it. Or simply go to geekiestshowever.com and follow the iTunes link. We don't always update that website. <laughs> we forget yeah. sometimes. Um, but, you know, follow follow the iTunes link, and you can subscribe to the show that way. And if you guys are hearing, uh, all you Mac users, the 
the the little gong that you have mail, it's probably in the podcast. You're hearing my mail, checking it occasionally. And that means I've got email. It means I've got to go read it. That means we've got to wrap up the show, guys. Uh-oh. Okay. So uh, before we wrap up, please go up to iTunes and review our show. Give us a rating. We'd really appreciate it. Send all feedback. We crave feedback from you guys. Feedback at MyMac.com. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. If you've got any ideas you'd like us to talk about, um, you're having a problem with your Mac, maybe we can help you out. We're not really the, the tech fix your Mac show, but we can do that occasionally as well. Uh, yeah. we're, we're all experts here. Well, except for Guy. Yeah, except for me. <laughs> uh, if there's a game that you're playing on the iPhone or an app that you really like and that we've never talked about, we might not know about it. Let us know, and we will download it and uh, talk about it here on the show. Feedback at MyMac.com. So with that, for David, Guy, and me, Tim, we're out of here. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. 